Hey, Hound Dogs, I'm David Hankins. I'm Paul Hankins. And you're on the air with Power Squared. Uh, sorry, we're a little late, but uh, we're here with Doug Neff, the author of Epic Win. And uh, he's here to talk. Uh, how's it going, Doug? It's good. How are you both? Pretty Happy good. New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Yeah, we still have the Christmas tree up. This is our last year yeah. the tree behind That's us. That's great. That's yeah. great. It's, it saves it, putting up the, the green screen. Uh, so um, before we get started, uh, Trevor put together a, a thumbnail for the YouTube video, and he discovered that you had uh, worked on a modern English translation of Dante's Inferno. No. <laughs> no, Doug Neff? Maybe, maybe it's another Doug Neff, huh? Okay, well, uh, <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Okay, so it's not. Yeah, good. yeah. That's good, good you. research, though. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> well, we had you on the show uh, like ninety shows ago. Almost. Two oh years. wow! You yeah. guys, two years. You guys crank them out. Well, one a week. Uh, we try, uh, and uh, we had you on the show, and you were talking. Uh, as I as I said then, this book, uh, I do a, a weekly blog, which I still do about my own writing because of this book. I forgot why the reason was, but it was like I don't have a coach or something. I need some way of sort of keeping yeah. myself honest. So I've been doing this uh, blog about what I've done during the week, and Paul has been good enough to edit it for me every week. So I uh, appreciate his help. Um, so the book has been influential for me. Um, one of the things that we touched upon two years ago when you were on the show was uh, obstacles that creatives come up uh, come up to and how they can, and I thought we could talk about what you see those obstacles and how people can work around them. Sure. Sure, yeah, well, I was uh, getting ready for this. I, I jotted down a list of like things that I think are tools I use now mm -hmm. um, in my work when I run up against things or things I'll recommend to other people um, when I run up against, when they run up against things. So, you know, I thought we could talk through a bunch of those um, at some, some different levels of the kinds of roadblocks we encounter and some strategies for getting through those. Okay. So I think one, one common roadblock is just the overwhelm. You've got so many things on your plate that you, you get paralysis. You, you don't know, you don't even know what to do next. You look at your list and it's this long list of very large things that feels overwhelming. So in, in that case, one of the things I think that's really important is you have to distill those things on your list down into a next action, a next step. Um, you'll find this in uh, uh, getting things done. Uh, the, the book on productivity. Um, and he'll talk in there about getting clear on the very next step for each of those things on your list. What most of us do is we make a list of projects. So like uh, put away the Christmas decorations, you know, that's, that's a project. Yes. That's not a task. You no, know, that's right. a task made up of 150 small tasks. Right. So it might be pull, pull the Christmas boxes out of the guest room and you know and open them up right and that might be the next task and once you do that then you'll have some clarity on the next task after that and the next task but when we distill them down into the smallest possible unit um it tends it tends to open the way a little bit and make things less daunting 
Um, I learned this in uh, in college. I, was, I started as a music major in college. I was a saxophone player. Yeah. And uh, I was, uh, our, our studio played classical saxophone pieces. So you would get these long pieces that would have passages, lots of black notes, you know, and you'd have to figure out how to master all the fingerings at a high speed, you know. And instead of playing the whole thing very slow and then slowly working your way up to a faster speed, my teacher would say, take four of the notes, the first four notes, and try to play those at the fast speed. And then add two more notes and play those at the fast speed. And then two more notes after that. And, and that'll keep it interesting for you. Um, and I think what that has always reminded me to do is breaking things down into small pieces always makes them more manageable, always makes them less overwhelming. So if you're stuck because you feel like, uh, be, because you get that that feeling that things are just too much, uh, shrinking it down is really helpful. Okay, you, you mentioned a book, um, someone's book. Mm. I thought maybe you could say what the book was and who wrote it in case somebody was listening. Oh, see, and went, I, think, hey. <laughs> I might have a copy back here. Yeah, let me grab it. Uh, it's called Getting Things Done by David Allen. Okay. Uh, and this has been a worldwide bestseller for for years and years and years. Um, so many people have heard of this book. There are lots of people out there practicing in different ways. There's trainings you can take. Um, but one of his biggest lessons is to break things down into their next action. Right. And that, that will free you up. Yeah. I, I, I know that with certain tasks, like I spent the week uh, sort of because we're going to put out four issues this year and I was going through and sort of resizing them and making a, a ping copy of the t of the TIFF and you know putting them in the order and all that so we could put them together easily I mean yeah it's little little things like that yeah little steps yeah like like a goal like uh, put out four issues of a comic book <laughs> that's a giant that, that's four <laughs> projects those four separate huge projects yeah. you know uh, yeah and that would be overwhelming if it sat on your list yeah so luckily those are all done so <laughs> good yeah. good we, we work ahead so good all right uh, uh yep okay ready for another one sure okay I, another tool that i'll use in that overwhelm place is uh short sprints and there's this technique out there called the pomodoro timer you guys heard of this pomodoro technique i have not the idea is that you set a little 20 minute timer um, and it could be even just a kitchen timer that kind of you sit on top of your stove when you're, you're waiting something to, for something to bake. Um, you set a 20 minute timer and you just work for 20 minutes. And then that's all you have to think about. You're gonna do 20 minutes of work, the timer will go off and you can shift gears. And then you come back and you do another 20 minute sprint. Um, maybe your sweet spot is 20 minutes, maybe it's 30 minutes. 40 minutes. Sometimes uh, I'll, I'll try to do like a one hour writing sprint or something like that. But the point is you're telling yourself before you start that it's a finite period of time I'm going to work on this thing. And then I'm going to stop and take a break. And for some reason that lets our, our uh, inner procrastinator relax a little bit and uh, focus and concentrate on the work at hand for that short amount of time. Okay. Uh, so that's something I'll do. I'll, I'll set a timer on my screen that's 20 or 30 minutes, and uh, I'll promise myself that I'm not going to flip over to a web browser. <laughs> I'm not. 
I'm not going to open up, you know, Instagram or whatever. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm going to stay on this one task for 30 minutes. Uh, and there's an extra tip I'll add to this too. When that desire comes up, like I'll tend to think of when I'm tr supposed to be working, that's when I have all these ideas of, oh, you know, I could look, I could check this website. I haven't checked in six months and see what's going on. Um, or I could check out the Power Squared website and see what new thing they have posted up there. Those <laughs> ideas will come to me when I'm supposed to be working. So I'll make uh, what I call a carrot list. And it's, uh, I'll, I'll pause long enough to write down Power Squared on a sticky note or a website that I need to check, you know, go look here and Facebook, Instagram, you know, I'll write those down. And then that can be my carrot when I get to the end of the 30 minutes, but I'll have a list. And so at least it's going somewhere. It's not, it doesn't keep nagging at my brain that, oh, I want to do that other thing. Um, I'll make a carrot list and that'll help get me through. Yeah, lap, laptops connected to the internet are, are great because sometimes you're, when you're writing, you want to look something up that's related to what you're doing, but they're also right. like, it's this other world of possibilities out there that can suck you in if you're really not careful. Yeah, it's everything. Yeah. Have you seen this uh, this writing tool called uh, FreeWrite? Uh, it's it's basically a hard physical keyboard oh. with a tiny little e-ink screen. Uh, there's no internet. It's it'll save things to the cloud for you, or it'll save it, I think, to a memory card. But that's it. It's a keyboard and a tiny little screen, basically like a typewriter. Right. And their their whole premise is get your first draft out without distractions. And I love that idea. I think that's a really interesting way to approach writing. Yeah, it's just at the same time, you're kind of cutting yourself off. I mean, I do do research sometimes on something I'm writing. So that would be. Sure. Yeah, I don't know if that would work for me or not, but. I do, yeah, yeah. I have sometimes you have to have both for sure, yeah. for sure. I need, I need a new laptop more than I need to buy a non-laptop. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Some of these tools uh, and tips I'll give you will be expensive and some of them will be free. Right. <laughs> <laughs> little little kitchen timer, that's a that's a lower price yeah, uh, <laughs> tool that you can you can go and get. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a way you can uh, this will come in a later tip too around around connecting with other people, but sometimes having some uh, solidarity with others uh, that also have to get writing done or get work done is helpful where you can, you can even do over Google Meet, get four friends who also have a deadline that they're working on and open up a room and you can turn your microphones off or, or leave them on. And you're just all promising that for the next hour, we're gonna work. And it's sort of like a gathered, agreed to working time. Uh, we're not gonna chit chat, we're not gonna interrupt each other. We're just gonna work together. And having, having other people in the background who you know are focused it's like a study group back in college. Like you all go to the library, you sit down in the library where you're not allowed to really talk. You have your books open, you're, you can all focus a little easier. That can be another way to do that uh, sort of short sprints or a Pomodoro technique. Okay. So how are we doing so far in the kinds of roadblocks you two encounter? Are any of these helpful? For me, it's mostly time. I mean, you know, I have a full-time job and, and a family and, uh, you know, I try to, I, I sort of try to wedge my writing into after dinner before I go to bed. So it's like two to three hours maybe in there. So for me, it's, I'm trying to work on a lot of things because I, you know, I, 
the comic book does, you know, we still get pages to look at and things like that uh, on, on the issues we're working on. Um, there is some writing for that occasionally. We haven't done any in a while because we're kind of ahead on scripts. Um, but I also try to, uh, Paul has a, a, a blog site where we write reviews and sometimes usually I'm trying to finish one up for over the, from over the weekend and I'm also trying to work on a novel that I'm working on. So sometimes it's just, you know, and then there's also trying to do, you know, some Facebook posts and things like that for the comic book. And when we put this video up, you know, I try to get it out on different groups and stuff on Facebook and Instagram and, you know, all the other things, all the other places you can put it kind of, you know, so people know it's yeah. there and hopefully we'll watch. Um, and that takes time too. So, you know, it's just um, trying to, and then trying just trying to kind of crank through some of that. And what usually happens, um, you know, you, you said two or three hours after dinner before bed. What what usually happens in that time? Uh, I usually get, uh, it's usually, I find myself getting really tired around like 1030. I'll like kind of almost go to sleep and kind of wake myself sure. up. And I try to work until like 11, 11, 15 or something. Um, and it really depends on, again, what I'm trying to do that night. Uh, as I said this week, I was trying to like spend because uh, it, it takes longer than I, th you know, you think to resize pages and save them different ways, and uh, yeah. and then uh, occasionally find like I found a page that was missing, you know, that that kind of stuff. Um, um, so it just sort of depends on what I'm trying to do. I usually I hate to say it, I ha I move into the living room. I sit on a we have a these little uh, what do you call these? TV trays. TV trays, and I usually uh, will have yeah. some. I usually will have, let's say, Friends or something on in the background. But I, I am trying to, to I sit on the love seat in, in the living room and try to write for or work on whatever I'm going to work on for that evening. Yeah. Paul, what's your, do you have any obstacles to your? Uh, well, apart from just balancing uh, different writing projects. Uh, Recently, there was the physical obstacle of right. back pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, we're trying to work work through that. He had some issues, physical issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But otherwise, you're you barrel ahead, hundred percent. Hit all your goals, no problem. Uh, my uh, writing time also had tends to overlap with other things happening so I try to get in what I can yeah like if I have like this afternoon I, my work ends half days on Friday and so I try to work a little writing in in the afternoon when I can but I also find it kind of maybe it's just me but I find it tiring to, to write after a while I get kind of tired yeah and I don't know if it's you know maybe I'm just wimpy or something but it does sort of tire me to to do it i want to do it but it's still it's tiring it's sure just, it's hard work and especially at creative right it takes a lot of energy to do that yeah sure. i mean and it also depends on like we try to watch something while we're having dinner yeah. and it depends if it's an hour-long thing that takes more time if it's half mm -hmm. hour <laughs> you know that kind of uh it that sort of adjusts the time i have and you have to kind of go with the flow. I'm not trying to be, I'm, I'm trying to have a time. I do this after dinner, but I'm not trying to mandate when we have it and all that kind of stuff. I'm just trying to, as I say, yeah. 
work it in but that's i ha that's kind of my routine every every at least five days a week is to do that yeah so. i have a friend uh, i have not mastered this myself for creative projects outside of work but i have a friend who told me he works in i work in uh, silicon valley and so did he um and he told me that he uh he paid himself first every day so before he went to work, before he showed up at the office, he went to the gym or he worked on his own creative pursuits, but he gave an hour of that to himself before he gave an hour of himself to work. And uh, and I was struck by how, just spiritually, how powerful that is to put yourself and your, your own dreams first before you go into the office and work on someone else's dreams, right? Right. Um, because I find the same thing is true. If I work on my stuff, things that are important to me, um, at the very end of the day, I'm a little depleted. I've, I've given away, yeah. um, you know, most of that creative energy I had, um, in all the things I had to do during the day. So by the time we get to the end, I'm, I'm dealing with what's left over. Um, and that's usually not as good as when I'm freshest in the morning. Right. Yeah, I try to in the morning. Um, my routine is to try to walk in the morning, walk around the block, which is a couple of miles, yeah. and do Good. some. Uh, I, I do some uh, social media on Twitter posts about uh, anniversaries and things. But that's, and then that usually takes the hour I have, you know, pretty much, um, sure. to do that. And then, uh, yeah, the work all day, and I, then I try to try to like turn it off at six o'clock or six thirty, whenever you can and switch on to something else it's you know it's it's hard yeah you, it's a challenge for sure yeah you have kind of given your most <laughs> during the day to something else and i know yeah. you, you talk about that in the book i was struck and I've, I've actually quoted this to people and they're they don't understand what i'm saying but the uh I thought one of the things in, in Epic Win was, you know, don't show up early, don't stay late, you know, because that's time you're giving to somebody else's dream, not to your own. Right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I try not to, I try not to do those things, but, you know, I try to be on time and work as much as I can and then sort of try to turn it off when I can. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that can be controversial too, you know, <laughs> people, uh, you know, sometimes you're in a job or a career where you want to give, you're all um, and there's nothing wrong with that I think the the lesson in there is to get clear about what you're doing and what you're working on and if uh, aligning yourself to someone else's dream for a while like a company mm -hmm. um, that you know hey we're we're headed someplace great and I want to be a part of this and I want to pour myself into this for the next two years um, that's a that can be a great thing and then go for it and then give all you can uh, right. and, and really pour yourself into it. Um, and if that's not the case and you want to create something of your own outside of work, um, or if you're, you want to focus on your family outside of work, or you want to focus on something else, then get clear about which is more important and uh, set your priorities clearly, right. you know? So uh, often the case there is d don't go into work so early, pay yourself first, like my friend did. Right. And when, it, when it's time to stop work, stop work and leave it for the next day so you can get home and work on your own dream, you know? Right. Yeah. But uh, don't tell your boss I told you that. No, 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 I won't. 
<laughs> I don't think I don't think she watches this. So okay. <laughs> I try to tell people I do um, a, I do a podcast, and they're like, "Oh, that's great," and they just move on. So. <laughs> well, there we're in an age of there are so many things out there to watch. Grabbing eyeballs there, is a tough thing to do. Tons of podcasts. I'm amazed at how many there are. You know, yeah. and <laughs> some are done much more professionally than ours is, or you know, edited and all that kind of stuff. Where sort of a you kind of get what you you know, see what you you know. WYSIWYG, whatever that is. WYSIWYG. WYSIWYG, yeah. What you see is what you get kind of deal. Yeah. Um, it was a little editing here and there occasionally. but um, Yeah, so um, your secret safe, you know, my secret safe here. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's, let's talk about some more uh, strategies then. Um, another thing that I think happens is uh, we, we get stuck working on something because we're at the wrong altitude uh, for what needs to be done. And by altitude, I mean, sometimes you have to be at the like ideation concepting stage. And sometimes you have to be at the, you know, resizing an image stage or uh, inking a panel or uh, copy editing something that's already written. Um, and those are very different things, though, so much so that uh, in in the movies and in a uh, professional world, those tasks are often assigned to completely different people um, because they're different ways of using your brain and approaching tasks. So when you're on a creative project and sometimes you'll find yourself uh, not getting things done because you spend too much time doing the part of it that you like. Like maybe you like inking pages. So you've inked you know, 80 pages of the comic but in the meantime, you haven't done any uh, of the social media preparations you need to do for marketing it. Right. You haven't uh, you haven't worked at all on coloring it. You haven't uh, had uh, attended the meetings like you were supposed to, or or even finished all the lettering that needs to happen. You've done the thing that you liked because it's at this ground level. Um, so altitude is sometimes an important thing where you need to recalibrate, uh, go up higher, and look at uh, the whole picture and decide decide from that level what thing needs to be done next. Um, and sometimes you need to go down and dive down to one of those ground level things and just focus on that for the next week and get it done. Um, and shifting between those two things is sometimes hard, but it's I, I think it's often the reason why we get stuck because we're in the wrong one. We're at the wrong altitude or we've gone to the ground level at the wrong place. Uh, we need to pop back up so we can re-examine. Yeah. I, I know with, you know, our comic book especially, you know, we do the writing, but other people do the drawing and the, the inking and the coloring and the lettering, which uh, Trevor does the lettering. But um, you have to sort of like, you kind of want them to come along on the, you know, like be more, you know, want to pump out the eight pages you want out of them kind of, you know what I mean? It's it, It's a... Collaborative effort, yeah. and sometimes it's you have to like manage the people to get the sure, out. yeah. Well, and that, and that's another entire muscle, you know. Like even on just the side of things that you're doing, you're when when you're writing. Sometimes you're writing uh, dialogue for one panel of one page, 
but sometimes you're sort of mapping out everything that's going to happen in an issue. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you're mapping out everything that's going to happen over the 12 issues and anywhere in between, right? So there's different altitudes of, of just the writing. But then there's the life of the comic itself as a, as a business venture. And you have to come up to a certain level and think about the whole team and keeping everyone motivated, um, making sure everybody gets paid what they're supposed to get paid, uh, contracts and things like that. You know, you have to put on some different hats. So mm -hmm. those are all different al altitudes just in what uh, you have to get done, even though other people are doing uh, the the drawing, the inking, coloring, things like that. Right. Um, so that's why I think those things can be problematic. We can get stuck uh, at, at the wrong altitude or in the wrong rabbit hole, <laughs> you know, that, that we're, uh, we're down at the moment. And often, uh, for me anyway, it's usually the one I enjoy the most. You know, that's why I'm down there working on that one thing, uh, is because that one's enjoyable to me. And you can't always do the thing that's enjoyable to you. You yeah. know, sometimes you have to do the other stuff too. So we have to keep pulling ourselves back up and re-examining. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I like having variety you know, different things to work on, but sometimes you can't ever feel like you're, like I always, it, I always find myself in my blog saying, and I never got to this this week. You know, I wanted to, I never got to it or whatever. I mean, something always gets kind of shoved to the side, even though that's the thing. Yeah. I, I really want to work on that, but I don't have the time, you know, that kind of stuff. I right. do the other things I sure. need to get done, yeah. And that's where the, you know, the pay yourself first thing comes in. You've heard, maybe we talked about it last time, even the, the analogy of the big rocks. You guys heard of that before? No. Uh, or if we so have, uh, co <laughs> college professor walks into his class with a big glass jar and he sets it on the, the table at the front of the classroom. Uh, and he takes these big rocks off of the, uh, the, the desk and he puts them in and they, they come all the way to the top of the jar these big rocks and he asks the class is it full and he, he can't fit any more big rocks in there so the class says yeah it's full so then he pulls up from the, the ground a, a box and it has a bunch of smaller rocks in it and he starts putting them in and they go in the, the spaces in between the big rocks and he can put a whole bunch of those in and he puts them all in and then he asks the class is the jar full now and they look around at each other and they say, uh, yeah, we think so. This is okay. And he pulls up from the, from the, uh, from the floor uh, a jar of sand. And then he pours the jar of sand in and it fills up all the spaces between the big rocks and the little rocks and fills it all the way to the top. And he says, now is the jar full? And the class like, well, yeah, obviously now it's full. So then he pulls a big jug <laughs> of water up and he pours that in and he can still fill some more things in. Now, if he had done it the opposite way, if he had put sand or water in first, and then he had piled the small rocks, and then the big rocks on top of that, he would have a whole bunch of rocks left over that didn't fit into the jar. Right. So the, the lesson there, and you'll see this printed all over the place. Um, this is a, a pretty common story. But the lesson there is that in your life, you have to decide what the big rocks are, the ones that are most important to you. And you have to take care of those first. You have to handle those first. And then the next size rocks can come in. And then the sand can come in. And then the water can come in at the end. But you you have to make you have to be intentional about that. Or or you'll never get to where you want to go. You'll never get the the results that you want to get. So there's the, the, the parable of the big rocks. Okay. Yeah. 
So when you find yourself writing down in your journal all the time that I never got to the thing I really wanted, um, that may have to do with what thing you picked to do first. Yeah. Well, sometimes there's things you have to do at a certain time, you know. And, sure. Yeah. Sure. And this week so, I'm doing this, and next week I won't be doing that, you know, that kind of stuff. Right, right. Um, so you brought up something, David, that, that I wanted to speak to that's another strategy for getting past roadblocks. You said you, you uh, every morning you go for a walk around the block. Mm -hmm. uh, just the act of going for a walk can be a really excellent reset. Uh, especially for a creative endeavor. Um, uh, my husband, Corey, always tells me that the act of walking, it works both halves of your brain. It's both of your legs, it's both of your arms, and it gets both of those things moving again. And that alone can un unblock some things. If you've been sitting in a chair all day, if your work involves sitting in a desk all day, and you're stuck with something creative, you can't get past it, get up and go for a walk for 20 minutes. And I do this, I go for a walk every afternoon that I can now, and it really does. It it loosens things up. I come back and sit down and uh, my, my brain is, is functioning better. But I'll add on to that, that just doing something physical um, most of the time in a creative endeavor like this, we're not doing things that are super physical. So getting up and doing something more physical can can be can have a changing effect on the the problem you're facing. So I like to like I'll get up and go cook something. Like cutting up an onion and sauteing the <laughs> onion in a frying pan, uh, slicing some potatoes, doing something like that like is calming for me, but it's also making something. It's making something in the real world, and uh, that's powerful. Um, folding a load of laundry, you know, just doing some work in the real world instead of with pixels and computers and stuff like that. Uh, it, it has a it changes the dynamic. It gets us out of that digital world or out of that brainy, heady world and into the physical world, and that can unlock things too. Right. Um, the next couple things uh, are around other people. And I think that's another strategy that many of us don't use enough. Uh, the phone a friend. Uh, you'll remember in the book, in Epic Win, we talk about needing to have a team around you, a coach, a cheerleader, and a scorekeeper. Right. And the purpose of the coach is to help you with things like this when you're stuck. The coach's job is to be as committed to your deadline as you are. And the coach's job is someone who's willing to, to kick your butt sometimes. And, you know, say you promised that you wanted to do this by this date and push you and be that person who's not afraid to push you. And those people are rare and, and treasured to find them in, in a personal life. In, a, in the professional world, it's often the boss <laughs> or if you if you have an investor or a board of directors or something like that, that's they're easier to find because they're at stake for some amount of money or they're at stake for a, a, a for their own goals that you're tied to. Um, so they're easier to find there because that's common in business to have those those performance indicators, right? Um, but when we're working on our own on a creative project, uh, it can be really helpful to find someone who's going to be that accountability partner for you. 
um, and we call it a coach in epic win but it can also be a real coach it can be a, a life coach or a professional coach um, in in my professional world I'm a speaker coach and I'm often an accountability partner for someone who needs to practice for their upcoming keynotes that they're going to deliver and they have an hour scheduled with me that they're paying for that they are they know they're going to use that hour of time to practice and it's my job to hold them to that you know so having someone who's willing to play that role for you um, can can be one of those things that'll help you get unstuck this is also where having a group of friends who uh you know every thursday night from seven to nine we're all going to get on a, a google meet hangout and we're gonna uh we're gonna write for two hours and we're just gonna make sure we show up to do that every thursday for each other we're gonna support each other and help keep each other accountable that can be really powerful too um i mentioned my husband Corey earlier he used to meet with a group uh at a a crepe vine uh, restaurant uh, and they called it right night. And I think it was like a Tuesday night and they did that. They just met for two hours and they would share some of their work at the end, but most of it was just sitting quietly and writing. And a restaurant can be a nice place to do that because people will bring you drinks uh, along the way <laughs> if you need it, you know? Um, I read, yeah, yeah, yeah. So restaurants can be great places to, uh, uh, to focus because you're away from all the distractions of your house. Um, you know, you're somewhere different. There's not as many things around you. You kind of have to just sit and do what you sat there to do. And someone will bring you a refill on your, your Sprite or your Diet Coke while you're sitting there. <laughs> uh, so part of that was uh, also, whether it's a coach or just a friend, talking it out with somebody can be helpful too. You're stuck on something. You can't seem, I don't know why I can't. Oh, every week goes by and I can't seem to get past, you know, the first three chapters of this thing I'm trying to write, you know, talk it out with somebody. And sometimes talking it out opens up the, the gates. It loosens things up. Just like going for a walk can do that. Makes talking it out with another things, human yeah. being. Makes you, yeah, makes it makes you think of things. Or they might have a, a thought as to why, or they might challenge you with an assumption they're hearing in your voice, things like that. All right. That's, Let's I, see. I, I don't have anybody like that in my life, and that's one of the reasons I started doing the blog was to sort of force myself to be accountable to whoever wants to read it kind of deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's great. I've seen you do that with your blog, and I see you guys do that with the podcast that, you know, like every Friday we're going to hit record and we're going to post it up there. I think that's a great tool for keeping yourself uh, keeping yourself engaged and motivated. You know, hit that deadline no matter what. Yeah. There's sometimes yeah. on Sundays I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta write that blog, <laughs> write the blog post. Yeah. What I, what haven't I done? You know, it's it's kind of good to sit down and go, all right, I wanted to do this. What did I actually do? And then try to put it in a way that's somewhat entertaining to somebody else to read, not just you know. Uh, but yeah, there's yeah. that's great. Yeah. There's a a watercolor artist I follow where she, um, I think something like five years ago. She had wanted to do a lot more painting and she was never finding the time to do it. And so she made herself a promise. She said, I'm going to paint every day, no matter what. And sometimes a, a mantra like that can have a power of its own where you're going to stick with that 
you're going to start to have a streak. Like I've gone so many days of not breaking that. And that's going to, that's going to help hold you to that accountability. Uh, that can be really powerful. Okay. Anything else you have on there? Yeah, I'm sure you there's lots I got, of obstacles. I got one more uh, on this list I made today. And the, the book of course is chock full of them. That's, that's what we filled it with, but um, I've got one more. And sometimes this is a sort of a, a bigger, higher level, reason why you might be stuck, why you might be consistently not hitting your goals, things like that. Uh, it might be because it's not important enough to you. It might be because you don't actually really care that much about this goal. So what I would encourage people to do if they're finding themselves stuck consistently hitting this roadblock is to step back a little bit and ask yourself uh, why you're even doing this. Why is this important to you? Is this important to you? And maybe you need to justify it to yourself a little bit, you know, and you could journal this, you could talk this out with someone, um, but get, get back to answering that question for yourself. Why am I even doing this? And the act of doing that reconnects you with, with something either. Well, one of two things were happen. Either you'll say, you know what? I actually don't really care about this thing anymore. Oh, and it feels great to finally admit that to myself. Now I can go, now I can go learn how to surf. Like I always wanted to do, you know, like it, it can free you and release you from this thing that you, you didn't really want in the first place. You know, the, the roadblock might be telling you that this isn't where you want to be. But the other thing that can happen if it's not that is you can rediscover why you wanted to do this in the first place. You can get back. You can get back to the reason that this mattered enough for you to start, uh, and that can help you connect you again to your your purpose in doing this. In the book, we call it bliss. You know, oh. there, the your your bliss inside you. Uh, Joseph Campbell said, "Follow your bliss," and the thing that that kind of lights you up, that that gets you excited about bringing that that thing, that creative project into the world. If you can reconnect with that then often you'll you'll open up some some flow for yourself and it'll get you unstuck and it'll get you moving forward again i'm sure this is i'm sure there have been times along your journey that you guys have wanted to throw the whole thing out like this is this is no fun i don't want to do this anymore and and something made you come back to it that come back to the reason you wanted to do it in the first place and you had to reconnect with that, whether you did that intentionally or not. Um, right. I know that you guys are doing this week after week after week. You've published issue after issue. Something is bringing you back to uh, this matters. I want this to exist in the world. It's something, a story I want to tell, things like that. So uh, for some people, when they get stuck, it's a matter of uh, get get back to that question of why are you doing this and really answer it for yourself and be willing to say it doesn't matter. Um, you know, be willing to let it go if it doesn't. But if you stay, you might find yourself reconnected to your purpose. Okay. Uh, speaking of connections, you're involved with connecting writers and artists at Comic Con and uh, mm -hmm. WonderCon. Uh, do you want to and WonderCon, yeah. Yeah. So, you, how long have you been doing that? Sure. Yeah. Corey and I started that. Oh my gosh. Um, it's got to be over ten years now. Uh, Sounds and right. I should. I should have the year in front of me, but I don't. I don't have it right in front of me. But it's it's over ten years now, and we do it at both WonderCon and Comic Con. It's called the Comic Creator Connection, 
and uh, I'll I'll describe it for your your viewers because uh, you both have been there. You know what it's like. Uh, it's sort of like speed dating, but it's for writers and artists who are interested in finding a creative partner and, and bringing something to life. Yeah. Um, but we run it in that that sort of uh, that that kind of game format where an artist sits on one side of the table. Uh, they can have their portfolio open. They can spread out a little bit of work. And there's a writer sitting on the other side of the table. And then every five minutes, uh, we call out rotate and all the writers get up and they move one seat to their right. So everyone meets a new person and then you have five minutes to chat. And you can basically pitch yourself, pitch the project you wanna do, or just yourself and your working style. I'm, you know, I'm looking to work with someone, I don't care what it is. Um, you can exchange information if you like, you're not, you don't have to. Uh, and then we do that for two hours. So by the end of that time, most people meet around 20, 25 people um, that they would not have met otherwise. And you had five minutes to chat with them. And then a lot of times we'll sort of break everything down and turn off the lights. And there are people still hanging out in the room. Like they met someone they're really talking or they all head over to a bar or something and hang out for a while longer. Right. Um, and then what we started doing after a few years, we would get people coming back to us and say, hey, we made a thing. And so we uh, we pitched Comic-Con on having another panel. It's called the Comic Creator Connection All-Stars panel. Mm -hmm. And this has allowed us to give those people who met in that room and created something uh, their first panel at Comic-Con. So they can, uh, we have a one hour panel on, usually it's on, I think, Saturday morning. Um, and they get to go up and have, have their first panel and, and have uh, their friends and family come and see them on a panel at Comic-Con, yeah. you know. And that we've been doing for, I think, we just had our sixth panel. So we've got uh, 24, 28 comic books that have come out of that Comic Creator wow. Connection. Uh, just that have made it to the panel. We've gotten more that we haven't been able to, to take yet. So uh, a really nice, inspiring number of, of creative projects that have come out of this do you Never. do you find that the people are still working together after so many years or is it sort of a one shot and they move on to somebody else uh it really varies we've had some that are you know legit they've been picked up by a publisher and they're still publishing they're still you know it's an ongoing series um and we've had people that it was a one shot uh it was a thing and you know they're not really putting more into it it was just a, a one-shot deal so it, it really varies and sometimes it's even a web comic a writer and artist met and they they works to create uh, like a web comic and maybe they'll put out a new strip once every couple weeks or once a month or something like that um, so it varies uh, and, and we sort of we get applications every year and we have to choose from a large number of people um, to try to put together the best panel um, based on the criteria that we have for it yeah, I, I've described the, the experience of speed dating and we just never found a date <laughs> the times we went. <laughs> we came close once, but uh, it just didn't work out. No. Yeah. Uh, and we get that a lot too. I, I, I hear from a lot of people that uh, the biggest benefit they get from doing that is you get a lot of experience having to talk about your project or, or yourself and you get more comfortable with it, especially... Uh, artists tend to be more introverted. Uh, I'd say tend, you know, I work with a lot of designers and I can say that, that they, they tend to be a bit more introverted and writers tend to be a bit more extroverted. They don't mind at all talking about the things in their head. And 
for doing the comic creator connection, since you're doing it 25 times, uh, you, you get a little bit more of a comfort level with it by the end. Yeah. Uh, and you might meet someone, you might not. You know, the, the thing was, we'd always sit down, the first person you sit with for a long, as you're, as you're placing people around the room, you actually sit with somebody for more than five minutes and you think you're making yeah. a connection then. And, those have never panned out, for, you know, or they're always like, they'll have, Oh, I found somebody at the, somebody else I was working with from the thing. Really? And you know, I don't know. So that's, we came close once and it was somebody we actually didn't sit down with. We just saw them at the show at the uh, panel and yeah. we came close to working with them and they just, we just could never get them to produce, yeah. you know, on a regular basis. But you, I mean, you guys work with a team, like not even just one other creator. You have different people work on different aspects of the book. That's a big deal. Yeah, we have a, we have, we have an artist and a colorist and a letterer. So we're, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the getting everybody has to feed the other one. And sometimes that. Sure. We had a sort of a, Oh, I guess a traumatic moment last year is we had a, our artist that we'd had for a long time decide that she wanted to do something else. And so we were, we brought in the, the person that was our colorist, made them the artist because they do have artistic talent. And they were playing catch up with their coloring, you know, for about three months or four months. Sure. Sort of slow sure. things down. And it's a, it's a different process, you know, working with them than it was with the previous one. But yeah. But it's like the early days of Marvel Comics, you know, like someone does the the penciling and the inking and then you have to send it over to the colorist and then the letter hits at last, you know, like uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it, I, I enjoyed the people that we work with uh, and I, I do like, you know, that there's a kind of a, uh, I like collaborating with them. It's just, you know, you kind of, they're not, I'll say probably not as into it as I am or whatever. You know what I mean? Does that make sure. sense? Yeah. Yeah. So you just, you kind of hope that there are more, ex and issues coming out, hey, you know, say something about it. You know, that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> um, okay. Um, so you're going to be at Comic-Con this year and at WonderCon? Yeah, we're planning, we're planning to be at both WonderCon and Comic-Con. Uh, the Comic Creator Connection gets announced in uh, in the program guide along with everything else. Um, usually we do it like uh, WonderCon would be like Friday and Saturday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Um, and Comic-Con will be something similar, Thursday and Friday or Friday, Saturday, but it'll be in the program guide. Um, and we also do, before the Creator Connection, uh, two hours before we do something called Comic Pitch Review. I mentioned I was a speaker coach. So what we do is I sit at the table and uh, we have kind of people sign up to be on the list mm -hmm. and they get a five minute coaching session with me really quick in front of the room. And they pitch their their comic, their idea, their thing they're, they're wanting to pitch to others. And, uh, and I'll give them some critique of how that pitch went. Uh, and we'll use the room as, as backup. Like, what did you guys hear? How did that sound to you? Um, so that's a nice way to, to you can just sit and watch and, and watch other people practice and get some learning that way. Or you can even come up and try out your own and, uh, and get some help that way too. Okay. So that's another, that's another fun way to get a little, little practice, a little comfort level with pitching your work. I remember when we, we did that with you the first time we went to, before we went to the first uh -huh. comic creator connection and 
I was glad there wasn't other people in the room because I was like, you know, nervous about <laughs> even saying what we wanted to do. You know, that was a, a sure. kind of a traumatic moment. That, okay, I'm going to have an elevator, you know, tell somebody what my idea is, and they could go, <laughs> worst idea ever heard, or whatever. <laughs> you know, so that. And was, how did it go? How did it go? Uh, you were very, you know, you said we were ready to go, so we a little pitch Good. you liked, so. Good. We made it. I think we made it up before we went to talk to you. <laughs> we we've been kind of working on it for a while before then. So, and yeah, uh, yeah it, it was. A, I think it was a good experience to uh, to do that. I just kind of wish we'd caught on with somebody maybe at one of those. Yeah. You kind of feel like you're you develop a relationship with somebody and then they don't call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, sure, and, and that happens to everybody. Yeah, I you know. It, I see we see a lot of people that come back every year um, and they do at least one night uh, and they consider it part of their Comic-Con that this is the this is their professional work uh, and they're looking for a new creative partner new project and most times that they come they they don't meet anyone long term or, or they get some email addresses and they exchange info and you know they might start something but it never pans out and then once in a while something does. Well, it sounds like you've had 28 or more hits, so that's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. There are a lot of people, you know, we have everyone take an oath before the end of the night. You guys have taken this oath where everyone promises to reach out to at least three people that they met. Um, and and I like to think that everyone does that. And because of that, they're at least trying. They're they're uh, they're getting maybe one response out of the three and they're uh, they're they're at least trying. I remember because uh, it's a long day. Comic Con's a long day, and sure, uh, he, he, he went till nine o'clock. Then he dinner, and then he go back to the hotel. And I remember it was like eleven o'clock. I'm trying to type this guy's email address correctly. <laughs> I missed, I missed it like three or four times, and finally, you know, finally got it out. So I hit my three people every time I went, but I, yeah. I didn't necessarily. Good for you. Yeah, but uh, didn't necessarily Good for you. back. But I did reach out to people. But I do remember that experience. I'm supposed to do this. Doug said I was supposed to do this. <laughs> oh, wait, it's wrong. You know? <laughs> so what's next? Uh, what's next for Power Squared? Well, um, we are uh, available now through Library Pass. Uh, we uh, oh cool yeah, yeah um, we put together we had to put together uh, previously a. Uh, kind of a trade of the first five issues and mm -hmm. that's available and we also put together a trade that's only right now going to be available on library pass which is the next four issues after that so six through nine and is the first one also on library pass or uh yeah they they th yeah. that is there now and uh we're hoping that yeah. the, the we already sent them the, the next volume two or whatever and see if that, i'm sure that's great so, yeah so that was uh advice we have gotten from uh, Gamal Hennessy about, oh, you guys should, you know, be in a library, which is harder, it's harder to do than you think, because <laughs> uh, sure. we tried uh, their college library, and uh, they, they only like, buy from certain vendors. Yeah, they only have certain vendors they buy from. And I said, well, if we gave it to you free, what would you do? Oh, we'd sell it. We wouldn't put it up on the shelf. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and so we... Uh, found these uh, people that are librarians and they they uh, work with comic books and um, we kind of uh, I wrote to them and sort of stuck it out for a while until they could get around to 
addressing us, which was it took over a year of kind of just keeping in touch. But it yeah. finally, finally has paid off. So that's that's something new for us. Um, that's great. And then we are going to put out four issues uh, in 2024. We just have to do some a little bit more legwork as far as you know, getting copyrights and putting them together. But we're going to have yeah. we should have four issues out this year. Yeah. And Good. So hopefully continue to uh, you know work on. It. We'd lo- love if people actually read it. And, you know. <laughs> Uh, I now, do you now do you have uh, like in your local comic shops? Does is it on the shelf there? People can buy it. Uh, no, uh, our lo- we have a we're probably a block away from a comic book store, and we actually did our first signing there. Um, we've done two. Uh, we did our first one there on a free comic book day, and um, I'm not going to name names or whatever. But I don't think he's really interested in pushing it. Mm-hmm. Do you? Yeah, uh, it just you know, for whatever reason, you yeah, know, it just doesn't seem like it's going to work there, and um, yeah, we haven't really, you know, we don't. I honestly go to a lot of comic book stores just because I don't have the time to to do that. But uh, you're too busy making comics. Yeah, uh, I like to think of it that way. Sure, um, but <laughs> it's just um, yeah, it would be nice if we could get somebody locally to to do it. Uh, maybe we need to yeah. be a little more uh, push, pushing on that. But uh, yeah. yeah, I know, you know, we're up in Northern California. I think you guys are Southern California, right? Yes. LA. Yeah. I know like our, one of our local comic shops, they have a, a big shelf of all local comics um, that they put out. And I don't, they don't do a lot of work to push them, but um, they're marked and here's where all the local comics are featured, you know? So there might be other stores uh, in the Southern California that, that do something like that. Yeah, I thought for a while that uh, Golden Apple seemed like they were kind of interested, and we just never could close the deal with them. So I don't, you know. They, yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe they decided they didn't want to do business with us. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's a. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then we've obviously we, the first um, trade we we went back and sort of re uh, rewrote part of it and kind of revised it right yeah uh, director's cut yeah kind of yeah uh yeah. there were some things that we figured we could kind of you know hey we could say this and that would slant to something else you know and so we yeah in retrospect went back uh and uh this one with, with this trade we uh volume two we just kind of altered i think one or two panels because we kind of were bothered by they weren't quite right so we've made those changes mm. and um yeah so we're also hopefully going to do a kickstarter this year again to see if we can get some interest in you know and money hopefully to, you know to come in so and we're good yeah so and we're trying to i applied to table at comic-con and WonderCon. i don't think comic-con is going to come through and i'm not sure if WonderCon is either but we're trying to at least maybe you know actually go to a convention and table and uh i'm i'm thinking if those don't work out uh we might try la comic-con since they're a little more open to things and uh we did a panel there a couple years ago uh which is you know uh, oh good yeah about uh you know comic books are flying under the radar and of course you know we were 
<laughs> all three of us were there and we had a couple other uh comic books there as well so um yeah that was that was a good experience and uh i'd pitched it to comic-con and never heard back and I'm gonna... well i know they they have a long list uh of people that pitch stuff uh comic-con is the you know the big one of of the year yeah um wonder is is usually uh, a little bit easier and also to table at um but i think that's a great idea to look at other smaller conventions too you know having a having a table or a booth is a great way to just meet a lot of uh, of other fans and get it into their hands you know yeah. let's hope <laughs> yeah yeah so that's great to hear all right um so i appreciate you being on the show thanks for sharing uh some uh tips to, for people to get around obstacles in the creative work so until next time i'm david hankins i'm paul hankins and you've been on the air with power squared <laughs>